listening to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Across the blue line, you have Hayes looking over to St. Ivan, right side point shot, tipped in! Right set up by Avery Hayes, long distance pass. So get loud, get fired up, and get ready to rock with your host, Nick Park. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are back. Another season of your Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. This is our eighth season of the podcast. Not quite the 25 years that the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins have going on. This is, of course, the 25th season celebration that we'll be rocking out to all season long, but it's great to be back with another season of the podcast for you good folks out there. I am your host, Nick Hart. I have our guest sitting next to me right now. We are continuing our long-standing tradition of opening a new season with a rookie on the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. But we have some housekeeping to attend to. I have some things I have to tell you folks first. So uh, he's going to be waiting in the wings for a second here while I run you through some uh, some information that you might want to know here on the this upcoming season of the Penguins podcast. First and foremost, our release schedule. If you've been a listener to the podcast in the past, you know how this goes. No changes. We will be releasing these shows on a bi-weekly basis every other week. We have Thursdays targeted as our release dates. Fingers crossed that nothing in terms of travel, illness, guest cancellations, host incompetence will prevent us from releasing on that schedule. But that's what you can look forward to this season. That every other week format that we've been going with the past couple of seasons also, some exciting news here is the this podcast isn't the only podcast we have for you good people this year. No, the Penguins Podcast Network is expanding, folks. It's growing, with this being the 25th season. We are also going to be doing a little bit of an uh, alumni podcast, a little bit of Pens from the Past podcast with some... Uh, Good friends, not only uh, as our guests, but also as our hosts. We'll have more information on that for you guys moving forward here. But I wanted to give you a little bit of a tease that we will have a bonus podcast coming up this season with some Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins alumni who have either endeared themselves to you Penguins fans over the past 24 seasons or maybe some individuals who now have some interesting things going on now in their post-hockey playing careers. Uh, it's going to be some good stuff. Those you can expect to come out once a month. It's not going to be as frequent as our uh, standard Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast episodes are released, but definitely keep a close, close eye on the Penguins podcast feed and, of course, Wilkes-Barre Scranton social media pages to see the Pens from the Past podcast coming at you very, very soon. And without further ado, let's get to our guest today. I kept him waiting long enough. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me for our first episode of the podcast this season, Penguins rookie forward Avery Hayes. Hazy, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to me here. It's a, it's a real pleasure and an honor to get you as our, our first guest on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't mind at all doing this, and there's a lot of pressure being the first, but but I'm excited. The, so. heat, the heat's on. Yeah, wow. it is. The heat's it on, is. so <laughs> hopefully you can rise to the occasion. As I'll a, try my best. As you have many times in your career. We'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit moving forward here. But I wanted to start just by you know kind of asking you the simple question that I'm sure uh, a lot of people want to know, given that this is your first season with the Penguins, first season in the American Hockey League. How is professional hockey treating you right now? You went through a training camp. We've got a couple of games in the books right now. Just how is being a professional hockey player been the past uh, month or so? Oh, it's been been busy. I mean, we started in early September, and you have camp with Pittsburgh, and then you play a couple of preseason games, and you come here, have camp here have a couple preseason games here and then right into the regular season. So it's been been a lot of hockey, which is something I'm not completely used to as in juniors you just have a, a quick camp and a couple games and then you get into the season. So it's been been a lot of hockey for me, but I feel like I'm adjusting well and there's still a lot more to learn, but but I I like it so far. Not to mention the prospects challenge in Buffalo too, yeah, which even too, preceded yeah. Pittsburgh. Totally forgot about uh, that. training camp. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like all of these days seem to run together I don't know what it was was like in junior because you guys still have a, a good bit of travel in the OHL depending on what town you're you're scheduled to go to next or hopping from one city to another but it's just day after day practice after practice professional hockey is a different beast not just in the 
opposition that you have to face, the quality of opposition, but it's your job now, and it's uh, kind of easy for, to lose track of the days. Um, I know for myself, you get to a certain point in the season. I don't know if it's Tuesday. I don't know if it's Wednesday. I don't know if it's Friday. I just know if it's game day or not. It's like, all right, when do we play our next game? Do we play tomorrow? Okay. Are, are we playing today? All right. The actual day of the week or like, oh, is it October 28? Is today November 11? Yeah, are we playing or not? Do I have to be gone. at the rink or that's not? That's been gone for a while for me since I got <laughs> here. I mean, every day. just go, It goes by like that. Speaking of that rookie tournament, it feels like it was last season and that yep. was a month and a half ago. So Maybe not a month and a half. So it was September, the second week of September. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess give or take month yeah, and a half. So that, that feels like it was so long ago. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's been a, been a lot of hockey, but it's, it's lots of fun. I love hockey, so I, I'm not complaining at all. Good stuff. Glad to hear that you're uh, you're enjoying your time in professional hockey, especially given how how busy, how hectic, and how uh, demanding it can be at times. Uh, I know players always talk about the adjustment to the pros, the schedule, and all of that. That's why I like to talk to the rookies early in this season. Yeah. You, you're not so sore uh, anymore, though. You're always one of those guys who's that reputation, first guy on, last guy off kind of thing. You said you love hockey. Have you always been that kind of a rink rat, the guy that you have to drag off the ice and drag out of the locker room at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy working on stuff after practice, and I don't know. I feel like it can go a long way, especially if you don't get all the reps that you think you needed during the during the practice and a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. you wanted to work on during the practice because especially once you get to juniors and pro, the practices are more so – systematic and working on four Stru checks structured yeah, for the more team structured. not the individual. yeah exactly so try to work on as much stuff as you can especially since i'm since i'm still young here i i can improve a lot in everything so that's that's exciting and i don't know i just it's it's fun for me and i don't really have much to do when i leave the rink yet <laughs> i'm still living out of the hotel which isn't great but i'd, li I'd like to unpack my car but that, that's coming soon hopefully and yeah, I mean, I don't have much to do once I leave here, and there's lunch here, breakfast here, so I, I don't mind staying here as long as I can. Is your car bursting at the seams with boxes and <laughs> containers that didn't make it to the hotel but are going to get unpacked eventually? Yeah. Or is it pretty – were you a modest packer coming out here? No, I, I brought – I my whole life is in my car right now. I've really? Ever, yeah, golf clubs, fishing poles, six separate suitcases. So I've, I have a lot in there right now, and I've just been kind of rotating through clothes, grabbing them out of my car, bringing them in the room, <laughs> and then doing laundry every once in a while. But it's been a bit, bit of a gong show, but I'm figuring it out. You're figuring it out. I know a lot of guys at this time of year are searching for a more uh, permanent location because when training camp's going on, everyone's in the hotel unless you were with the team the previous season mm -hmm. and you know the area, or in Taylor Fadoon's case, you got a house with your wife and kids. Everyone else is living out of the hotel, and then it becomes a mad scramble <laughs> to find an apartment, to find a house, what have you. You're just chilling, hanging out right now, living out of the hotel, and I'm sure that scramble is going to hit you eventually. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I started looking this week. You're on the hunt. Yeah, I got my housing letter last week, so ever since I got that, it's been a bit of a bit of a scramble as you'd say and <laughs> I've never done anything like this in my life I mean well, right exactly living in junior it's all billets. billets yeah it's all billets so you don't have to worry about it. the team covers all that but here it's a whole different story you're you're an adult now and it, it's exciting but nerve-wracking and gives you a lot of anxiety at the same time so I'm figuring it out and trying to ask as many questions as I can to all the older guys have they been good in terms of uh, answering those questions, giving you the info you yeah, need? Yeah, yeah, they all they all help so much. I mean, they they've all been in my shoes as well, so they kn they know how how tough it is. So they they help me as much as they can. Speaking of billets and junior hockey, I wanted to ask you about your OHL career, uh, given that that's the uh, most recent hockey you played, and Wilkes-Barre Scranton signing you to that AHL contract after an OHL championship season with the Peterborough Peets. In fact, you won back-to-back -back OHL titles, one with the Hamilton Bulldogs, then last year with Peterborough. Just what was that like to not just lift that trophy once, but to be able to do it twice with two different teams, have to go through that that grind of a playoff run, even switching teams in the middle of the year in the, the second championships case, just to be able to get to the top of the mountain and back-to-back -back years. That's that's unique. You don't see that often. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very proud of that. There's not many many people that have done that because how short your junior hockey career is. You exactly. only have four or five years. And in my case, because of COVID, only had three three seasons of playoffs, which wasn't wasn't ideal. 
But yeah, the the first time we won with Hamilton was it was very very special to me because I played with these guys. I got drafted with all these guys into Hamilton. And we also missed that whole year before. So yeah. we were all like always texting each other throughout COVID, like talking about how bad we want to get back and we all we all miss each other a lot throughout that year. And then when we finally got back it was just we were all just it was the closest team I really probably ever been a part of and ever will be a part of just because of that experience we all went through through COVID and such a crazy time. So to win that one was was very special to me and that feeling of winning is like if you ask anyone that's won something big like that, it's second to none. So I was really, really hungry to hopefully get back and have an opportunity to do that again the next year. And I was luckily traded to a team that was going for it again, which how if people don't know in the OHL, that's kind of how it works. It's like a like a cycle. And If you could imagine NHL teams, how you'll build, try to get a championship team, have a quote-unquote window and then some teams will go through a rebuild. Some teams will tank, as yeah. they say, to try and build it back up again. That cycle gets compressed, completely yeah. <laughs> compressed. It, your window to win a championship at the junior level is two years, yeah. maybe three years. If yeah. you have some guys that, that can hang around and you, you make some trades for, for guys that might be back the next season. It's a very compressed window. Teams will go all in. They will burn all of their draft picks to maximize that small window that you have. And you ended up with essentially two windows in what was a short OHL career, like you said, cut down due to COVID, once with the Bulldogs and then again with Peterborough. Peterborough went all in, and you were one of the pieces that they uh, they brought in to try and maximize that window. Yeah, it's definitely definitely tough. There's only like three teams that are probably good every year. Which like is, you have London, yeah, London who figures it out every year. Yeah, somehow and I to feel be like Hamilton's close to getting to that point, and so is Ottawa. They're always mm-hmm. in like close to contention or contending. But yeah, when I got traded to Peterborough, it was, they traded everything away for the next like couple years: draft picks, uh, first round picks, sixteen year old players, seventeen year old players. So it's definitely a unique situation. But that's that's kind of what you have to do to be able to win in that league. So. The GM there was willing to trade for me and trade for a couple other guys, and I was super excited to get there and meet all the guys. And thankfully, we were able to string it together and win. We didn't have too good of a regular season there, but uh, figured out in the postseason was really special. And to have that that feeling of of hoisting the cup again was un- unbelievable. And I got to spend a, a week with it in the in the summer this past summer. I wasn't lucky enough to get it the summer before just because it was so so short. Oh right, cause yeah. The season got so extended, but. Yeah, I was definitely very thankful to bring that back, show my family, show my grandparents and stuff. So it was awesome. Do anything wild, or was it just a little uh, family get together? No, I yeah, I took it golfing with my little brother, but a classic. Yeah, yeah, a classic, but nothing too crazy, no. Now this might be like asking a parent to choose their favorite child, but was either of those two championships sweeter than the other? Because as we kind of ran through the context between the two titles was very different even though they're only separated by less than a calendar year. Yeah, um I wouldn't say one they they both felt they both were good in their in different ways because yeah. in Hamilton I was with these guys for this extended period of time and was was closer with them because I was with them longer, but in in Peterborough we we everyone kind of counted us out and we were more so the underdogs even yeah. though we had this loaded team with all this talent and we were the f- four seed I believe and in Hamilton we swept the first three like we were just kind of a powerhouse and we ran through most of the league in the playoffs and then won in game seven in the finals but in Peterborough we had to kind of grind through all the all the series leading up to the finals so they were both good in their own ways so I, I can't really pick you're not going to choose your favorite no I, I can't I can't <laughs> they're they were both awesome in their own ways yeah ab- absolutely it's a great position to be in to be someone who's celebrating not one but two championships uh, a big game player for both the Bulldogs and, and the Peets in both of those years a uh, reason why you stood out and why Wilkes-Barre Scranton wanted to bring you into the fold here this being your first season with the Penguins I may have uh, slipped my tongue a little bit earlier and said first year pro because there's a little bit of a wacky wrinkle in your career bio career stats if you will the elite prospects hockey DB page because during that uh, COVID-19 year, the 2020-21 season, the WHL restarted, played a very short schedule. The QMJHL restarted, played a short schedule in playoffs. The OHL never restarted. 
So there were a handful of guys that found different places around the world to play in the meantime. In your case, there was a 14-15 game run over in Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. The context of the world has changed now, so it's kind of hard to put yourself back in those shoes and, and say like, oh, well, you know, why in the world did you do that? <laughs> you can look at the context and go, okay, I understand why you were looking to play, but at the same time, how in the world did you end up in Slovakia? Yeah, so even like looking back now, that felt like it was such like a out of mirage in my life, like that time. Was that this whole... really? Did this really happen? Was this a yeah, dream? It, it, was this it ha- an acid that's, trip? That's what it feels like. But um, no, it was it was uh, one of my teammates was over there already playing, and I was obviously at home, kind of texting my agent every other day, just like, what are what's going on here? Like, are we gonna get to go? Are we going to get to play? Is you hearing anything? And it was my draft year for the NHL, so I really I really wanted to play that year and just show kind of all the scouts what I'm capable of because the year before and the year prior, I didn't. you don't get that much ice time as a younger player in the in the OHL. And I don't know. I just, I just wanted to take any opportunity I could to go play, and I had a teammate from Hamilton that was over there already, so I was texting him a bit, and he said his GM – it was such like a random – his GM saw something on film of me playing and said, does he want a spot to play? I don't know. It was such does a, he want to come to Slovakia? Yeah, so <laughs> it was – I I told him, yeah, if you can somehow hook me up with this guy, like, yeah, I'd love to go over there. And there's obviously like a language barrier and everything, but somehow my agent contacted the GM there, and next thing you know, it was like two days went by, and I was already on a flight to go over there by myself. Like, I was eight. 18 I think at the time that was a big experience for me just learning and kind of maturing and I went over there and lived with a couple other guys from the OHL and in an apartment and we all lived together there it was walking distance from the rink we didn't have a car it was still in lockdown over there so there wasn't there wasn't much to do at all you're doing all of this in the middle of a pandemic too. yeah it was I mean I'm really blessed to even be able to go over there and play hockey like most guys couldn't do anything and Mm -hmm. yeah it was a it was a short stint but I I wouldn't trade it for anything just because I got to learn so much and I got to play hockey when everyone else was still back home, like continuing their training that they've been doing for a year prior. So it was it was a really different experience, but it, it was awesome. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question for you, Avery, is, you know, uh, the next season you had with Hamilton was kind of your breakout offensive season. Do you think just getting those handful of games in Slovakia, getting a chance to play in the pros albeit in Europe do you think that kind of gave you a leg up going into the next year when there were so many people who hadn't played hockey in a year or do you think no it was it was my time I would have been 19 years old and I was poised to break out anyway um I would definitely say that might have played a part in it I I don't know I can't say I mean I I put so much work in prior to even going over to Slovakia like with my shot and with my skills coach so Mm -hmm. I feel like my game did grow a lot during covid and that obviously helped a bit too but prior i was only doing like weight training stuff on the track and uh, with a skills coach once i could get on the ice after those couple months where everything was pretty pretty crazy on lockdown but I, i i put a lot of work in and i was really proud of myself after that i i wasn't i feel like i really gained confidence with my shot and that's kind of why i took off I got more opportunity too and I was just more confident with everything so I would say that that helped apart playing overseas but I was I feel like I was pretty poised for a good year that year and once again it comes back to that uh, that hard work you're putting in on the ice off the ice trying to maximize any chance you get to to step out on that playing surface and improve your game uh the coaching staff ever since that prospects challenge in Buffalo they've kind of gone out of their way a couple times to be like, oh, yeah, and Avery Hayes looks pretty good too, or, oh, yeah, Hayes had a good game tonight. Uh, what has the feedback been from the coaching staff and management here in the Penguins organization already in your brief time here with the club? Uh, so far it's been pretty positive. I mean, I feel like going into camp I didn't have any any expectations on what to expect just because I've never been, like, in an organization before. I've gone to a couple of camps before as a free agent, and you don't – you get a look, but it's like – you're like there. a development camp or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like the rookie tournament and stuff. Oh, okay, I went yeah. with Toronto a lot. But you're more of – I mean, you kind of get that feeling that you're more of like a spot filler and you're not like – no matter how good you do, you don't – it's like, not really going to matter. Even I'm here so say. they put a team on the ice. You don't actually feel like yeah, they're that, taking that's you seriously. what it felt like. I don't know how true that is, but this year I, I was just excited to kind of be 
in an organization and feel like wanted a bit and mm -hmm. have that communication with the coaching staff and with the management with Pittsburgh and the management here. So yeah, it was, it was a good tournament in Buffalo. I felt like I showed what I can do and what I can bring to a team. And that obviously held over and I got to go to the main camp in Pittsburgh, which was really exciting. It was awesome being on the ice with all those guys yeah. and just seeing what they do and learning from them. And I was lucky enough, I guess, they thought I earned a preseason game, and then I got in a couple more, which was unbelievable. And I got to play in my, my hometown for one of the preseason games in Detroit. So that was a really special moment for me, playing in front of my family. How but, many family members came out? What was the ticket uh, request like for a preseason game? I had to pay for them, so it wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't too big. It was like five tickets I could pay for. Okay, them. twenty five dollars okay. a ticket, kind of a lot, but not a big chunk out of the first pro contract. No, I I can't be spending ten tickets. But I had a lot of friends and family there that texted me after the game that I didn't know was there. So that was really really cool moment for me to play in. And I don't get to see my family as much now because it's it's a pretty far far drive for them. So it was awesome to be able to see them for that game and. Yeah, the, the feedback's all been positive in my exit meetings with Pittsburgh and then coming here, talking with the management here and coaching staff here. They really like my work ethic, so I'm just I'm just trying to be myself and play my game, and hopefully they like it. So, yeah, that's, that's my goal, and the feedback's all been positive. I asked you about life as a professional hockey player. What have you made of the, uh, the games that you play, not just those preseason games with Pittsburgh, but now getting into the, the real deal, the real nitty-gritty here with the games we played with Wilkes-Barre-Scranton? Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. Everyone's just it's just a faster pace and yeah. every player on the ice for the most part is a smart high hockey IQ player. So you really get to learn and get a feel for everything and obviously being four games in now, you you slowly start to adjust and it's definitely a big adjustment from the OHL which you can you can get away with some of these little little things in juniors and no one will ever blink an eye but here Every little detail matters so much more, and that's it's. I honestly enjoy going through video and kind of realizing all these little things and cleaning that up. I I enjoy that, so it's it's been fun. Have you had a, a welcome to the pros moment, uh, so to speak, in terms of the things you could get away with and can't get away with now, or have you tried to play it straight and kind of learned along the way, like, oh, if I had done that, that would not have worked. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't say a welcome to the pros moment yet. No, I mean I'm sure I'll have something, but. There's just a lot of things that I'm just trying to work as hard as I can and focus on those little details so I don't make those mistakes as a rookie because I know how important those are. And once I get comfortable learning all that stuff and it becomes a habit, then I can slowly start to be more creative with my game. But I want to focus on all those things first. Get a good foundation yeah, here before yeah. we start building the skyscraper. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you talked about the advice and mentorship of some of the veteran guys just when it comes to that off the ice stuff have you gotten any uh tips from anyone any uh veterans i mean lord knows there's a hundred of them back there at this point it seems like but in terms of the actual the actual game yeah i talked they they all helped me so much with little things just like i mean for example the other day we we're doing a one-on-one -on -one drill and i was I wouldn't say I was struggling, but I wasn't beating a defender how some of the other guys were. And Hinnestroza brought me to the side and told me to change my speed, and I did it the next rep, and I could already feel it. I didn't score, but I could feel what he meant. Like, oh, yeah, I'm actually – I'm challenging the yeah, other guy exactly. a little bit more here. Exactly. So it's little little things like that, and then there's obviously everyone else just helping me. I got to play with uh, White for a game. He He's a very good guy. Helps me a lot, like on the bench. Smart player, too. Very yeah. smart, yeah. Just learning from him and hearing all the little things he was telling me to do on like the half wall and like uh, a big thing that Pittsburgh really is like heavy on for forwards is wall play. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about much in junior hockey at all. So I'm really trying to work on that. And white was whitey was helping me a lot there and like where the center would be on the breakouts and stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot to learn and like the wall play is one thing I really want to work on. So it's, it's been, it's been nice having all these older guys just watching them in practice is like the, the most important thing for me. Wall play was a, a buzzword or buzz phrase that I started to hear infinitely more whenever I first showed up here with Wilkes-Barre Scranton, just between coaches, veteran players, what have you. When you watch a junior game or sometimes even an NHL game, like they don't talk about wall plays on the broadcast nearly as much as 
a coach is or that it kind of stuck out to me right away like they were just like well oh this guy had a really good game don't you think like oh no well he didn't do this 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 wall play that wall play i'm like oh okay well okay sorry i guess that guy was junk today or yeah oh, no uh, this player was fantastic did you love his game today and i'm like uh, i didn't really notice him oh he made wall play yeah. this this that and you have to like relearn almost or to focus on different things because it's so much more of an emphasis here at the the professional level. Yeah, it's like a it's a completely different it's it's a skill to have. Yeah, and it is. You can you can if you can make all those plays, your true skill and true hockey talent will come out. So I'm just trying to focus on all those little things like the D zone coverage and focusing in on that and all the wall play, the tracking, the forecheck, and just once I can have that as a kind of like you said a foundation and have those habits and not have to think about it, then I feel like I can really let my skill take over. So that's a big thing I'm trying to work on. I'm happy that uh, your teammates have given you some guidance here. Uh, one of your teammates is even going to contribute to your appearance here on the Penguins podcast. Avery, this is something that we have done for years now, and we're keeping it going this season. What I always do is I have the previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. They do not know who they are asking it to, so you can't put a guy <laughs> in the soup or anything like that. But the question can be about anything in the world. We say, like, go run wild. It can be as simple as confusing, as deep, as intimate as you like. You just can't know who you're asking it to. Okay. So we had to go back to our last guest from last season, get a question from them, and now I ask you, Avery Hayes, are you ready for me to pop the question? I am. Okay. Avery, hot dogs or hamburgers? <laughs> um... Depends on the day. If I'm at like a sporting event or something, hot dogs. Like okay, baseball like at a game, ball game. Yeah, you need to go hot dogs. But if I'm at home and my I asked my my dad asked me what I want on the grill, I'd rather have a hamburger. Mm. So I don't know how I could answer that because you're saying there's a situation, situation for matters. both. Yeah. All right. Let me let me put the heat on you here and make it a little bit more difficult. One goes away forever. Okay, I you can get rid of hot dogs. Get rid of hot dogs. Yeah. You want a good grilled baguette. Yeah, I feel like I feel like hot dogs are good, but at the same time, I don't know what's in them, so that kind of scares <laughs> that kind of scares me. And hamburger, I at least know it's like ground beef. So well, in, I, I in could theory, eat that. we should know what the hamburger is. The yeah. hot dog is always a little bit of uh, don't ask how the yeah. sausage is made. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously, but yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of hot dogs. A, a good a good dog at the ballpark truly is. It's a different. Yeah, that's kind the of one feeling. place where I can have a hot dog. And However, I can care. settle for a hamburger at a baseball game. Yeah. But there's a lot of hamburger joints that I would miss deeply yeah, I didn't if even, you yeah. erased hamburgers. Yeah, completely. I did. I had five guys the other day, and that's a really special place. I, yeah. lo I love that place. It's a, it's a nice comfort whenever you're, say, in a new town or something, or you just are starving yeah. and you want to strap <laughs> the feed bag on, and you see that big red sign with the white letters, and you're like, Call my name. Yeah, I, I need That's where that. I'm going. I, I need this. Yeah, I needed it. It was on a Sunday, and we Sunday's like the one day we have off, so I can kind of eat a little bit. Replenish those calories yeah, from the two nights before, worse, too. Yeah, a little bit worse than I would normally eat. So, yeah, the Five Guys was really nice. And watching football at the burger, uh, it was great. The burger and so the I'd, fries. So I would definitely – I'm definitely a hamburger guy. I would give it to the hot dogs in a heartbeat. The, an think about the answer it. is given right there. Yeah. You have chosen hamburgers versus yes, hot dogs. Were yes. you nervous there for a second when I, I gave the dramatic pause? I had no idea what, All was, that I mean, I had no idea what was coming. So. All that setup for hamburgers yeah, or hot dogs? I'm glad it was that question. Way <laughs> less thought than I thought I had to give. Yeah. Uh, they they were like, oh, we'll, we'll keep it simple. We won't, we won't trip the person up too much. Once yeah, again, they didn't to know them. who they were asking shout it to. Out to them. Are you curious as to who left you that question? Yeah, I am, actually. Then I would advise you and everyone listening to go to the Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins podcast archives found on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, the Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins website. <laughs> one for one this season. There we go. One for one. Uh, but how about this? We got a bonus question as well. Wow. Okay. Not from your teammates in the locker room. But I can uh, expose this person's identity. Penguins general manager Eric Heasley, an, an avid podcast listener. I assume he's tuned into this one. Once again, no pressure, Avery. But uh, he's doing a little like 31 days of Halloween thing where he had uh, asked other people, other quote-unquote experts, to give him some horror movie recommendations. Mm. How this guy has time to watch these horror movies, I have no idea with all of the millions of responsibilities that he has between job and, and life. However, he's knocking him out 31 days of Halloween, so he wants to know, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh, so I've, 
I'm not a movie guy. Not a I, movie guy. And I also period. hate scary. Mo- and I hate anything Double whammy. scary. So Double whammy. I'm probably the last guy to ask about this. I mean, uh, scary movies. I mean, I know Saw is a good one. Like I've never watched it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, I've good. heard I've people. I've it. heard people talk about it that it's a scary one. I, I honestly have you ever seen? Have you ever sat through a scary movie, even if uh, you hated it? Have I, you ever sat? I through think one? I did in juniors once with my roommate, and that was Do you remember his what idea. It was? And I have no idea. I. What I, was happening? Can you describe? I the honestly, scenes? I struggled getting through it. I couldn't. There's some of the scenes I had to look away. You, you put the blanket over. Yeah, your I head. just, I just don't get why I'm gonna sit through a movie that's gonna scare me. Like I, I don't know. I don't get. I, I don't enjoy that I've at been, all. I've been on a big horror movie kick. Not just this spooky season. Even this past off season, I would say like 80 percent of the movies <laughs> I consumed this summer. For no good reason at all, I was just ripping through horror movies. Yeah, that's movies. how my mom's the same way, and I just really don't, yeah. She enjoys like the scary like, she's more so on like the scary documentaries, like the real ones. Oh, you know? like like true crime. Or yeah, something? yeah, like, like stuff like that. Not like horror movies, but still, I I can't do anything along those lines. Yeah, even even a true crime documentary about a serial killer. Yeah, or something that's is not for me. You I'd, out. I'd rather not know that that was going on in this <laughs> world at one point. So I'll just. It's all butterflies and rainbows. Yeah, it's if. What's this? What's the quote? Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance so. is bliss. Yeah. So if you, you don't know about it, you prefer to live in ignorance. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then the the scary movie should make you feel better that this is fiction. Yeah. No one I, could I possibly watched, do this. No I one watched, would run around on a tricycle <laughs> with a little clown puppet. Uh, actually, scare. I did watch a scary movie before, but <gasps> it, it's not a horror. It was like Get Out. I that think. that counts. I mean, that absolutely I feel a like those are percent counts. I, I feel like those are scarier than anything like Scream or anything because that's like realistic, like you know what I mean? That's like, that hey, could, that's a great movie yeah, okay. to Get see out. too. That is a That's my recommendation then, that, if that counts as a horror. Absolutely okay. it counts as a horror movie. And the thing about Get Out is it is not just a good horror movie. That is a good it is. movie. That's why I watched it. Because if, most horror movies are pretty kind of cheesy like you know what's gonna happen that one's like makes you think there's so. oh there's layers yeah. to that onion for sure you keep peeling them back Yeah, i watched a youtube video kind of explaining like that whole movie and it's it's crazy so that's the one i recommend for eric uh i will i will second that recommendation not just for eric but also for the listeners out there if you ever talk to eric easley about movies you gotta understand he always says i don't watch movies i watch films mm, he very like has that. he has his nose up in the air about some movies <laughs> if you've tr- if you try to come to him like hey Eric, did you watch the new Fast and Furious movie? You might get like released from your contract. <laughs> like it, it might take. But Get Out is cinema. That is not just a a, a spooky movie. That's a really well made movie. Yeah, I love all the Jordan Peele movies that he's done so far. Get Out, Us, uh, uh, Nope it, came out last season. Us, is Us or the last one summer. with like there's the two families? Yes, I watched that one too. Because so I you're got just a Jordan Peele guy. Well, yeah, I got recommended because I w- that was like the only movie I've watched on my yeah. Netflix account at one point, and I got recommended to that one, and I watched that one. That one's also like a horror. That one's good too. Yeah, they're both really good. So both of those maybe. Yeah. Have you seen Nope? No, I have. Is it? Is it, it came out one? last summer. Um, it was the most divisive of his releases. There were some people who despised it. Some people um, loved it. Logan Paul perhaps mm. famously went on a Twitter rant calling it one of the worst movies he's ever seen. I left the theater being like, this needs to sit with me for a little bit. I need to digest it. I might have to watch a couple YouTube explainer yeah. <laughs> videos like you. But I left going like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was enthralled from start to finish, which at the end of the day is what you're, what you're asking yeah, for. And as it has settled with me and simmered with me, Yes, I will recommend Nope okay. to people. Okay. My I'll Jordan Peele my Jordan Peele power rankings go Get Out number 1, Nope number 2, Us number 3, but I also really liked Us. It's yeah. not because yeah, I thought yeah. Us no, was I trash. Mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, if Logan Paul says it's not good, then I'll definitely give it and a it, watch. It, yeah, that's the thing. Good. I don't know it, if I take that guy's word for anything. So. It was actually hilarious because once again, if you watch the I don't want to say watch the YouTube explainer movies. If you just watch the movie and can discern what the movie is about and trying to say, the statement it's trying to make, the fact that it went over Logan Paul's head is the irony is yeah. too rich. It's too rich. It actually yeah. kind of made me like the movie even more. Yeah, I bet. That he missed the point. <laughs> that makes me want to watch it now and hopefully like it. So yeah. we'll see. It's it's a ride. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. It's a ride. Nope, just N-O-P-E. Yeah, nope. I'll remember it. I'll try my best to remember it. Well, you handled the uh, the the double question 
quite well here, Avery. That was that was good. You bobbed, you weaved, you rolled with it. <laughs> but now we have to transition a little bit here to a new segment that we're doing on the podcast. You're the guinea pig here, okay, as the first guy we've had on okay. this season. This is the most, uh, I don't want to say laborious necessarily, but the most I'm asking of our players to do on these segments on the podcast in a long time, probably since we did Lights, Camera, Fiction, for, for fans who remember. This is even a little bit more uh, effort intensive than that. This might be the segment that gets the locker room to turn on me and hate my guts this season. <laughs> oh this is a segment, a brand new game that we're going to play called Welcome to My TED Talk. Okay, are you familiar with TED Talks? Uh, I've I've definitely watched a couple in school. Yeah, so so you understand the I, concept. Yeah, you, you have an expert that goes on stage and they explain a just just a topic. Okay. Sometimes it's world politics, sometimes it's psychology. Usually it's pretty serious stuff. Well, Avery, if you don't mind passing me that helmet over here, inside this helmet are a number of prompts that I have for you here. They're not as serious as world politics or psychology or surgeries, medicine, things like that. But I am going to pull two prompts out of this helmet. You are going to choose one of the two and give me a TED Talk. Give all of us a TED Talk <laughs> oh boy. on that subject, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, before I pull out these two, I will also say, if you don't like the two that we pull out, you can go for a third but then you are locked in. Yeah, okay. That is okay. do or die. Yep. So you must keep that in mind if you don't like your first two. You can pick a third, but then you are trapped. You're set on that? Yeah, okay. That's how I do NHL teams too when you're picking that, three. That's the concept. Yeah, that See? makes sense. I yeah, like it. You guys play Chell. You get it. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Avery Hayes, will you be giving us a TED Talk on Old McDonald? No. Who had a farm. I do not know anything about that. Old McDonald or... The current state of streaming services. You can choose oh. one of those two topics to give us an impromptu, unscripted TED Talk, or <laughs> you can reach back in the helmet here, but then you are stuck and you've got to uh, roll with it. Well, it's de I definitely can't go with this. I don't know. You're not doing old McDonald, no. who had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. I don't know what I could talk like. I don't know what to talk about. That's the Here's issue the thing. here. We do try to leave it a little bit open-ended. Yeah, but that's your TED talk about the current state of streaming services doesn't necessarily have to be business-related. It could be, but you can take this prompt and run wherever you want with it. What even are streaming services like? Twitch, like, like oh, hey, see, this is why I leave it open-ended. It could be Twitch, but you know, your Peacocks, your Apple TVs, your ESPN oh, Plus. Oh, I actually have an issue with this right now. Oh, so we'll okay, go, so we'll now you're this. getting fired yeah. up. All okay. right, we'll okay, here we go. So, Avery Hayes, you are going to give us a TED Talk on the current state of streaming services. Yes. How's it going? I'm Avery Hayes, and this conversation isn't going to be easy, but it's 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 an important one. We have we have to discuss the current state of streaming services, mm -hmm. and when I when I say that, I'm talking about Twitch. I mean, I think YouTube streams now, YouTube TV, Peacock, Netflix. There's there's so many now, and that that's my issue. That's where I'm going to start. There's there's too much. There's too much going on there, and I. For example, the other day I wanted to watch, it was the opening week of the NFL, and I just wanted to watch the Lions game, the Thursday night, and I'm in Detroit at this time, so you'd think it'd be easy to find. You'd think I'd go to Fox Sports Detroit or whatever the local TV is there now, and I couldn't find the game, and this this was 7.45, the game started at 8 p.m., so I'm scrambling, I'm texting my aunts and uncles, asking for all these different streaming accounts to find. None of it's working because it's on Amazon Prime TV, whatever that is now. Something new, I guess, is for the NFL, the Thursday night games. That would have been nice to know if they sent a memo out to everyone, but that's one of the issues I have. Another issue, actually, is also about college football. I'm on. This is also the opening week of the season. I'm trying to watch the Michigan game. Because I'm from Michigan, I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. And I couldn't find that game either, so I got pretty rattled, started doing some research, looked up what the game's on. It's on Peacock, 
did, never heard of that before until this moment. I'm also not a big movie TV guy. Like I don't really watch that much besides I watched The Office. That was the one thing, but that's besides the point. I was trying to find the game and it was I had to get a Peacock account and they're probably still charging me. I didn't I until this point I totally forgot. I got the free trial for 2 months, I think it was, which was nice, but now I'm probably getting charged. And yeah, I mean, I just feel like streaming services there's too much going on i think there should only be one or two max and now there's all this uh, there's there's too much going on i mean i feel like most people would agree you don't want to have eight different accounts just to watch maybe one game like i was going to as a normal below average watcher i don't watch as much as the normal person i'd say and people that do watch a lot i feel like you don't want to have eight different accounts as well that's charging you monthly who knows what you're paying you have to have cable, too, if you want to watch ESPN and stuff. So people just want one one streaming thing. I don't know how we can make it work if some someone rich out there can combine all these, buy all the companies, do something there. But one streaming service would be nice. Or if we could just go back to how it used to be where everything's on cable television. I don't know why we even ventured off. In, I know why we did because everyone needs money. And I guess that's the more important thing than people watching their local sports team nowadays. It's all about money. So, yeah, I have a big issue with this, and I'm actually happy I got to talk about it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for coming to my TED Talk. Well done. Well done. I'm oh, sorry wait. it was so – it was such a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It was It was a passionate Very passionate with the streaming service, the state of it nowadays. So thank you guys for listening to it. And hopefully you guys agree if you don't. I mean, I feel like everyone will agree. There's there's an issue there. It's it's getting out of hand. It is. I think a lot of people <laughs> would agree with you. I think when it was just Netflix, Netflix took the world by yeah. storm. I mean, Netflix and chill. There were all the shows, yeah, all the everything. movies, the selections, and then everyone else wanted in on that bag. Yeah. Now we got sports on TV, and it's just... It's too much. It's it's overwhelming. We need uh, maybe like a, a Hunger Games or a Olympics <laughs> of streaming services. Have them all and just, <laughs> just get it down to like four or five. I can even live yeah, with five. Yeah. I, don't, I just need – I don't want to – they should just go back to cable and one – cable it, and Netflix. That's, uh, that's the end game that we're building towards here yeah. is actually the return of it cable. Is, which is crazy. Believe it or not yeah. because cable was dying. The streaming services were – leading everyone to be cord cutters yeah. and now it's going to be like if every channel has its own streaming service <laughs> yeah, that you the, have to yeah. pay for <laughs> the answer is going to be oh well you can get all of these channels if you package it together with this price and it's like that's just cable yeah I would, that's I mean, the end game i would tell everyone to boycott it but if you do that then you're going to miss all these games that's yeah. the annoying thing so i mean they have full control over us right now great job man thank you you, you had a little bit of a deer-in-the-headlights look at first, yeah. but once you got into it, man, once you got the ball rolling... Yeah, I'm actually, I've am actually i actually been meaning to talk about that because that, that's been annoying me, so I'm that's glad I got to... Perfect. The, yeah. the TED Talk helmet uh, paid off for you. Yeah, it did. Got to get something off my chest. Got to get that off your chest. Also, hey, I know we're running out of time here. I don't want to keep you too long. We got to talk about the Detroit Lions, my oh. man. We got to talk about the Lions. Uh, one of my best friends from college... Um, Met him, like, first day of orientation, and then we were living together sen- all the way through senior year from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. I had to watch a lot of Detroit <laughs> Lions games at Buffalo Wild Wings or at our apartment. I know his pain. I know his suffering. I know the psyche of Detroit Lions fans. I know the hesitation that don't get your hopes up because they'll only disappoint you. We've seen this movie before. This year's different. Uh, yeah. It's different. The teams – I know they just got their you-know-what's yeah, handed to did. them by Baltimore. Hey, Baltimore's good, though. Yeah, Baltimore's You're going to lose good, games. You're not going to go – sorry, the Detroit Lions weren't going to go 17-0, yeah. but the team is the real deal, man, and Motor City Dan Campbell is cooking <laughs> some spicy gumbo, my man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge – like, I know all the players. I, I, watch, I try to watch all the games on my phone, even mm-hmm. though they don't get streamed here. Not going to say how I watch them on what – streaming service but <coughs> yeah let's just say i do it for free somehow so i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna go too far there but yeah i mean i love the lions they're it's it's so nice seeing them finally be good because my whole life they've been like literally my whole life they've not just been, your life probably um, your parents yeah, life yeah too. my parents life so it's yeah even my dad's still hesitant to to believe that they're good they and don't i don't, I don't blame them i don't blame them because of this all the team past but is for real 
I can't guarantee you they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You can't guarantee any no. team's going to win the Super Bowl. They have a chance, though. They have a chance. You can never say that before. To have home. They're going to win the division. Yeah, they should. Barring some sort of monumental yeah. collapse, which this team is not built to I do. This is that, yeah. not your grandfather's Lions. This no. is not your father's Lions. This is a brand new Detroit Lions football team. To me, the remaining what what are we what are we six weeks seven weeks? Yeah, in? they have an easy schedule. Or so so looking right now, they have they're easiest in the NFL. I'm knocking on yeah, wood as yeah. hard as I can. The last ten games of the year are just about mitigating injury. Yeah, as long as this team is healthy going into the playoffs, they can inflict some major damage. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just awesome to see, especially like the city of Detroit. You see all the. Away games, they take over all the all other the Honolulu stadiums. Blue. Yeah. They take people over all who the had stadiums. to live in hiding yeah. for decades. I mean, They're the coming saying, out. Yeah, the saying in Detroit was like same old Lions yep. every year. SOL. So it's nice to not hear that and actually hear the Lions getting like good media coverage and people talk about them in a good way. It's nice and it's good for the city of Detroit too because they they deserve a good football team and it, it's fun. It's it's fun seeing Ford Field packed. It's not fake hype. No, the hype isn't. is real. The hype is real. And you better jump on the bandwagon now Seriously. after that big loss to Baltimore because it's just going to get more yeah. and more full as we charge towards the playoffs. But we got m- many weeks to get there. I, that's something I had to get off my chest. I'm yeah. glad I got to talk about <laughs> that with another Lions yeah, fan other I than texting my buddy. Yeah. I, mean, we could, I essentially have a second team now because yeah. I'm excited for him as much as I am for that I, team. I brought some of my, my roommates from – the OHL along with me because I would make them watch games as well. Why did you make them watch Lions games though? Because <laughs> I was telling them, I'm like, this was last year. I was like, oh, this okay, f- I was fairly like, this team's different. We need to watch. Like these games are good. Now my one buddy who I was roommates with last year is a big Lions fan because of that. So and the Canadians don't have a team completely, so right. they're a lot they're of them open. lean towards Buffalo. But yeah, yeah, they're open. They're open, so I can convince them, and I'm trying to get them on the Lions train, and a bunch of them are now, and they text me after all the games, so it's it's funny. I had a, a different friend who last season I was telling him like the Lions are coming, man. Yeah. The Lions are, are actually going to be good this year. I won't say how much we bet, but I bet him that they would win six games. Aww. He was convinced. He was convinced really? they wouldn't even win si- because okay. same old. That's Lions. a lock for you. Oh well, the first I was a lock before the season. The, the first couple weeks of the season, yeah, I was I was. Oh, was this it out last year? This was last oh, season. Okay, that last was nerve wracking. That's what I mean. Then. Last season, it started off, and I was like, "Well, maybe he's right. Maybe they are <laughs> the same old Lions." Well, they started zero and zero and five, one and six. One I and think it was one and six. One and six. Yeah. And then the rest of the year, they should have beaten Buffalo on yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, they should have run the table. They should have been in the playoffs, but this year, hopefully, they can. This year, it's up, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Hopefully, yeah. they win a game because I've, I mean, that's my the big parents. one. No one's seen them win a playoff game that I know. So, can you imagine Ford Field? The yeah, scene? It's, it's gonna, it'll be, it'll be really cool. It'll be really cool. So, hopefully, hopefully they can pull through, and hopefully we're not jinxing it on this podcast right no, now. No, of course, I've been <laughs> knocking on wood for weeks. Yeah, who knows when this podcast comes out? They might be on a three-game losing streak. So, <laughs> no, no, it's coming out this oh, okay, week. Okay, thankfully. Yeah. Okay, so it's just just okay, the so, Ravens yeah, game. Yeah, okay, we have to worry so we're about. good. We're good. We don't have to jinx it. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Maybe we might revisit it later in the yeah. season. We might have a podcast special if the Lions get into the playoffs. Oh, they won the Super Bowl. You, that's, I'll, oh. I'll sit down with you and uh, Portsy. Yeah. If, if the Lions get to the Super Bowl. Before the game, you, me, and Portsy can sit down. <laughs> yeah, we and can bring just... in – I think Groods is a big Lions yes, fan. Yes, right, and another Jax. Michigan guy. I don't know if he's a Lions fan. The one day I think he said he bet against them, but I think he's a Lions fan. That does sound like a Lions fan. Yeah. Like, because I love yeah. this team. I am betting against yeah. them. <laughs> it makes sense. So he probably is a true Lions fan. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, uh, we'll, it's we'll nice get, having we'll get, we'll get a little panel together. Yeah. Bonus TED Talk just yeah, on I'd the Detroit that. Lions. But we got a long season to go we before we get there. And this has been a long conversation that we've had with you, Avery Hayes. But before you're completely off the hook, there's one more thing we got to do. Longtime listeners know exactly what I'm about to segue to. But if you're new here, this is a little ditty that we call Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Avery, it is at this point in every podcast where I ask my guest to give a recommendation to our listeners, the people that are listening out there. It can be, once again, anything in the world, anything that you think deserves a shout out, maybe is flying under the radar and you want to give them a nod. Sometimes it might be obvious, but not as obvious as you'd like. Any sort of recommendation that you can give our fans. Avery, what is your pen's pick? Um... And you can take a second if you're, to think No, about I it. got one. Okay. If you're out there looking for a car, oh, I say you go with a minivan. 
I know people are gonna think I don't want to drive. We're gonna get another TED talk here. What's I know people don't think I I don't want to drive a minivan, but if you if you break it down, you pay more for a house that's bigger. So why would you not? (laughs) Why would you not pay more for a car car that's that's bigger? bigger? And it's it's still good on gas. You can fit everything you need in it. So that's that's my pens pick of the week: minivans. Minivans. Yeah. Shout out minivans because they don't get enough love. Everyone just assumes because the way it looks, it's a soccer mom or something, but. Well, you have, what, th- three younger brothers? Yeah, play I do. Hockey? I do, yeah. So were you a minivan household? I have a minivan right now that I drive. That is that's bursting why I, at the seams that's, with your golf clubs yeah, and fishing yeah, rods? Yeah, I didn't want to tell people because <laughs> then I'll be biased, but the minivan is a great – I that's the buy of the week. That's the pen pick. Buy of the week. Yeah. Buy your stock now in minivans. It just it makes sense. I mean, you might get a couple weird looks, but who cares at the end of the day if it makes sense. So Economical, makes sense. Yeah. I can drive anyone Efficient. I need. Yeah, I can drive anyone I need around. I can when I'm back home, I can fit all my brother's gear in there. No issues when we're going to skates. I mean, I've it's there's no negatives besides the look, but I enjoy the look. So I would say the only negative you possibly have is well, other than the look you said you might get is uh, you might be the first guy that everybody's calling when they got to move. <laughs> that is that is one issue, but I don't <laughs> mind helping people. So. Oh, okay, yeah. good guy. It'll it'll pay off in the end if you help them; they'll help you sometimes. So maybe. Well, that's the yeah, idea. That is the idea. So, <laughs> that's the pens pick minivans. There we go, pens pick minivans. I will throw in a pens pick for you, uh, good folks out there as well. I mentioned that I was watching a lot of horror movies, a lot of horror content this summer, and since it is. Spooky season, Halloween. I'm going to give a shout-out to Mike Flanagan. You may know him as the director of the haunting series on Netflix, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. Just dropped uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Haven't watched any of it yet, but I've heard positive things. Whatever this guy does, Avery, it sucks me in. (laughs) I, I feel like it's accessible, it's mainstream, it's not too artsy, but there's always a, a layer, a message, there's always something going on uh, beneath the actual uh, front-facing horror. I watched Midnight Mass for the first time. It, I think, came out two, three years ago. It was his baby, his child. He wanted to make it a book, could never whittle it down into a novel, forgot about it, got rid of it. And then when Netflix basically gave him carte blanche after the success of Haunting of Hill House, he was like, I'm finally going to make Midnight Mass happen. I loved it. His movies are good, too. It's not just the TV mm-hmm. series. His movies are good. So if you're looking for some horror movies to watch this spooky season or horror series, uh, jump on the Mike Flanagan train. And I guess since we were talking about Jordan Peele earlier, too, yeah. all the Jordan Peele movies, he is killing it. A modern-day genius he in is. terms of, I can't, of horror. I mean, I can't give much to this conversation, but I I take your word in it because if you've watched all this stuff, I mean, you've seen. I've become a big Mike yeah, Flanagan you, fan. You know what you're talking about, so. Yeah. I, I agree with the pick, then. I agree. Oh, thanks, Avery. You're welcome. I appreciate You're welcome. that. And I appreciate you being so generous uh, with your time here after practice to sit down with us here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton and Penguins podcast. It's been a blast watching you uh, buzz around out there with the black and gold, and I'm sure uh, we're going to have plenty more fun throughout this season. But you have now uh, – this is the end of your duties on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton <laughs> and Penguins podcast. Thanks so much again, Avery. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to our first episode of this season of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Once again, we will be back again in two weeks with another episode. Avery, I'm going to need a question from you, but you can give that to me a little bit later. You got some time to let that marinate, to let that sit with you, to make sure you give a good question to one of your teammates. I can't let you know who it's going to be, and neither can I let you listeners know. But soon enough, we will be back with your Penguins podcast, and so I bid you... Adieu. Thank you for listening.